is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from episode 56, our discussion on nutrition and Nash with Ken Kusi and Shira Zelbersagi in honor of U.S. Thanksgiving. This is a new topic for us, yes, even after 160-some episodes, a new topic. Enjoy. This conversation starts with Shira Zelbersagi describing her approach with patients, an approach she describes as weight-inclusive. As Shira puts it, weight reduction is not the only success measure for life simplification. In her weight-inclusive approach, she coaches patients to eat healthy, exercise, and improve in every way possible, and always gives positive feedback for positive changes. The weight-inclusive approach also focuses on setting and driving towards realistic goals, which often means small changes. Finally, it includes integrating dietitian visits as a lifetime therapy, the same kind of habit. Shira notes, is going for a haircut every couple of months. Personally, she points out that while the Mediterranean diet might have the most research support, any positive diet that works for the patient is fine. Jorn Schottenberg joins the conversation to comment on points he considers key, the value of biofeedback, and the ability to drive better health through mobile apps and digital health devices. Shira notes that feedback is important, but adds that positive feedback is important, but negative feedback can fight the goals the patient is trying to achieve. She adds to think about how remarkable it is to watch regression of fibrosis when patients actually succeed on a weight-inclusive approach, and also how a strong relationship between patient and dietitian can develop and aid the process in the long run. Over two and a half years into the Nash Tsunami, we finally dedicated an episode to diet and nutrition. From where I sit, this episode's been worth the wait. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, digest, and when you're done, join the discussion on our LinkedIn discussion group. Shira Zelbersagi. My approach to the patients is called weight-inclusive approach, but not a weight-focused approach, meaning that it is not that the whole treatment is focused and measured only by weight reduction. Weight reduction is not the only success measure for lifestyle modification. So weight-inclusive approach means eat healthy, exercise, do whatever you can, and every improvement in your lifestyle gets positive feedback. Everything is important, everything has an impact, and if you lose weight on the way, that's great, but it's not the only goal of the treatment because many patients focus just on weight reduction and if they don't lose weight or, or if they don't lose weight as much as they would expect, they get really disappointed. That is the, the thing that usually breaks the diet, that they makes them stop doing the diet. And that's really a pity because it doesn't have to be that way. And that brings me to the point of goal setting. It is really, really important with the patients to have very realistic goal setting. So we can discuss 5 to 10% weight weight reduction, but sometimes they want to reduce 20% or they want to get back to the weight which they were at the age of 18. And we need to make it clear that it has to be a realistic goal in terms of weight reduction. And again, weight reduction is not the only way to measure success. And as Louise said, using tests, different tests, imaging, blood tests, to show them that even modest changes in lifestyle have a stronger effect on Nuffield is extremely important and from my experience leads to a lot of motivation. Now, the role of physicians, as Ken said, is not exactly to provide the exact dietary treatment, but the main role, which has been demonstrated also in studies, is to explain to the patients the importance of Nuffield to explain that it is reversible by diet. This is a reversible disease. They can reverse it. It is with their own power to reverse the disease by doing lifestyle modification and to create the motivation of the patients to actually go to professionals and have this lifestyle modification treatment. If we want this treatment to be good in the long term, to be long lasting, then the patients need to know it's a lifelong treatment and they need to be in constant contact with the dietitian or nutritional expert for life 
long. So they asked me why do I have to go to a dietitian for the rest of my life and I say it's like you go for, for an haircut. Every month or two you go do your haircut, it's the same, it's part of your maintenance. As for the specific type of diet, which kind of diet should we choose, so you already mentioned it. Actually I always negotiate the type of diet with the patients. First of all I want to hear from them what are the foods that they like, what are the foods that they feel that they are willing to give up. And we have kind of a negotiation and I try to see which kind of person stands in front of me and then to tailor the diet to the patient because studies show that actually most diets are beneficial so we know Mediterranean diet is absolutely the most evidence-based beneficial diet very healthy also in terms of dietary composition and prevention of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes of course it's true but also low-fat diet is okay and also intermittent fasting is fine there are many patients that find it more convenient to know that they can eat like eight hours a day and then not to eat the rest of the day. It's a black of white kind of people. They need to know that when they can eat and when they cannot eat and it's much easier for them and it works for many of my patients. So as long as they eat healthy food within these eight hours, then it's fine with me. I mean, they can't have sugar and saturated fat all day, but they can have healthy diets without counting calories within eight hours and then do the intermittent fasting and it works fine. And there are a few studies in NAFLD showing that it is equally beneficial as other types of diet for example low carb diet which is also an option by the way low fat and low carb diet are equally beneficial in an affair so the patients actually can choose whatever they like if it is a person that likes more protein and fat he can go for the low carb diet it's not a problem but if he likes bread and must have bread because otherwise he feels headaches and, and exhausted he can have the, the usual low fat diet or mediterranean diet so it's really about the patient to choose the type of diet it's a long discussion and a long negotiation with the patient to decide and always we can switch between the diets, of course. As for keto diet uh, that you asked, Louise, there is very little evidence in NAFELD, but of course it's possible. It's a very difficult diet to maintain in the long term, let's face it. Not having carbohydrates is really tough, but if a patient chooses this diet, it's possible, but it needs to be carefully supervised, medically supervised, because it's still a very radical diet. Louise Campbell. Yeah, and I think that, that was one of the questions because the patient got sent to me because the ELF test had risen, and in fact the fiber scan confirmed the high ELF and a lot of fat. So I think they're going back for a review of the diet and although they like it, it's uh, it might just need to be altered, I suspect. Jörn Schattenberg. Sure, I heard a couple of things that I want to reflect and maybe get a quick answer on before moving on in the discussion. I heard biofeedback. I think that is very important. Louise mentioned ultrasound, transcendental elastography. I think this is great. Is this in at times of apps and medications, you know, adherence through mobile phones and stuff, is this really the game changer in your assessment or is this just another way to be reminded or is it a useful addition like how can phones or if you record something how can that help our patients i think it's, it's very important to have as much feedback as you can i think patients are really looking forward to it and i think it really increases their motivation so it can be a test as louise mentioned and i mentioned and we do try to look at liver enzymes for example every six months and imaging let's say once a year to get his feedback but also if you can have another feedback by the apps for example if you keep your diet it gives you your dietary composition and it shows you it's a very good diet or if you do enough steps or kind of a physical activity and you get a positive feedback so positive feedback is really important I would go for the positive feedback and not for the negative feedback to create um, motivation I think that also us as physicians and dietitians all the multidisciplinary 
team, there's no replacement for the personal positive feedback. So we all need to remember that every time that a patient arrives and tells us about any change that he made, we should congratulate him uh, on, on making this change, even if it's a small one. And another issue is how the patient feels. Many patients, when they eat healthier diet, exercise, they feel better. They feel more energy. They feel that the quality of life improved for them. And I think we need also to focus a lot on this feedback on uh, patient reported outcomes, on letting them tell us how the dietary modification, lifestyle modification improve their quality of life. And, and you would be surprised because I hear amazing things about it. I have the, the liver clinic at the hospital. I work there for the past 22 years and I have patients who know me and are, which I treat for 22 years, the same patients. This is why I love this uh, clinic so much. And what is always amazing to me is, first of all, the long-term adherence. So not, it's not like a perfect adherence. And obviously, in between, there are relapses in the diet, of course. And sometimes they don't arrive to visits. But generally, these patients, and many of them, I follow for about 10, 20 years. And it's always amazing to see how dietary treatment, if they keep it, really leads to amazing regression in, in fibrosis and steatosis. And on the other hand, you know, some patients just don't make it. And then I, I know them for 20 years. They had Nuffield and now they are cirrhotic patients, which still need dietary treatment. But it's, it's amazing when you have this long-term follow-up and, and you see the different disease course of the patients, of course, and, and the very special and personal relationship. You, you develop with these patients. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with another breakthrough episode, this time with Veronica Miller from the Liver Forum, discussing some of the forum's exciting and important work. You'll want to hear it. Until then, stay safe, surf on. If you're in the U.S., have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. <laughs>